Welcome to the Food and Faith Podcast, conversations from the soil and around the table with your co-hosts, Anna Wolfenden, Derek Weston, and Sam Chang. Hello, Food and Faith Podcast community. This is Anna here, and I'm so glad to be here with my good friend and co-host, Derek Weston. And we are here today to share about an exciting project that we are embarking on and that we will be going on this journey with you as listeners. And we hope that you will be part of this project as well. So, but first I'll just say, Derek, it's nice to hang out on air with you again. I know know it's it's been a little while. It's been a while. It's good. And it's honestly, it's just really nice to not do this alone. Um, Although, you know, we've had, we've had a lot of great guests over the last couple of months. Um, It's really nice to, to be with you again and to, and especially today, like I'm really excited that we're getting today to kind of introduce uh, this project. And I'm, I'm really excited about kind of what's coming next. So it's good to it's good to be with you. Oh well, and you know, co-hosts, we should, you know, follow through on that word, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um well the the fun announcement is is that Derek and I not only are co-hosts of a podcast, but we're now becoming co-authors of a book project. Yes. What? I what? <laughs> Um, so how did that happen? I think maybe you should tell us from your perspective well, first. Well, uh, so I, Do you want me to yeah. start the story? So I, I think you should start it and then uh, okay. let, let me pick up because okay. I, I think you, so you got the initial call, you got the initial or call slash email. So yes. you started off and then I'll kind of give my perspective. Great. So here's what, here's what happened on my end is I was contacted by a um, editor who I had known for a while and um, she had this great idea for a book, which had to do with um, cooking and how do you, what's the intersection of food and faith around cooking and how do you cook in a way that is just and how does cooking become a spiritual practice and you know there are a lot of kind of various ideas but this idea around cooking and I thought that sounds like a great book but I am not qualified to write it and I had another book that I kind of wanted to propose but when an editor reaches out to you with a book idea it is a known thing that you can't say like oh no, I'm not interested in writing that without saying, but here's who I might recommend, right? So I was kind of racking my brain like, okay, I want to pitch this other book idea. So who else might be able to write this? And I immediately thought about Derek because we had just, I think just been having conversations about how we wanted to do more about cooking on the pod and you were doing some work around, you know, how do our kitchens as a place of, of, faith and practice and so I called up Derek and yeah so I I (laughs) my memory of this phone call and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong and I think you actually did just say this is that you kind of called me and you were kind of lukewarm on this idea and 
you were kind of pitching this as like, hey, is this an idea, this this idea of doing a book about uh, kitchen being a place of spiritual practice? And, you know, we've been talking about cooking a lot and uh, wanting to do more with cooking. Um, is this something that you might be interested in? And I just started like... It was one of those times, and this doesn't happen to me very often, where like, because I'm a, I'm a I'm a internal processor. I'm very much a like, hmm, I'm going to have this sit with this idea, and then I'll have a whole bunch of ideas later. Um, but in that moment during the phone call, like there was just like this word vomit of ideas about what this book could be and 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 how we might structure it and who we might talk to and and how it might be really a natural outgrowth of the podcast and in the course of that conversation it went from this kind of your your response kind of went from this lukewarm i don't really want to do this book to like oh my god i want to write this book and i want to write it with you <laughs> And I really appreciated that because it was it was one of those things where I was like, as we were batting ideas back and forth, there was there was so much energy and so much like spirit moving. It was like this. We're supposed to be doing this together. Like it became very clear that like we're supposed to be like working on this thing together. I was very honored. Like, I you know, I haven't I haven't. Uh, Anna's written a book and Anna wrote a great book and Anna's been published and I've never written a book. And so this was kind of like my, my, was my first foray. And like, as far as first forays in the book writing, like could not be a sweeter deal for me. Um, one that I get to uh, co-author with one of my favorite people and two that like the, the editor that we were working with um approached Anna with the idea and has been incredibly supportive the whole time and the publisher that we're working with. So we're working with um, Broadleaf uh, Publishing and they've been great to us and, and super supportive and like a bunch of other, you know, authors and friends, people that we respect and like are, are published with Broadleaf. Um, so like, just in terms of like my first publishing experience, I'm feeling incredibly spoiled. <laughs> you really should actually. I, I totally do. So, I totally do. Yeah, I'm <laughs> no. But that was, so that totally was my experience as I went from, and I think I even said to you at one point, oh, that sounds really, really, that's really fun. That's exciting. And I think I said, um, so would it be okay if I kind of like halfway rescind this offer and like, could we do this together? Like, you know, like I was like, I was like, oh, uh, uh, I just almost just gave something away that this would be even more fun. <laughs> and I do want to say, I think that if you had said, I have this idea and I want to write this book on my own, that I would have said, awesome, how can I support you? But what was even more fun was that suddenly we realized, oh, this could actually be a really really like powerful and great collaboration and that we both we both had things to offer this project and um could be you know stronger stronger with the team so yeah um which i think has been completely our experience through the whole process and i think you know i've found that you know our brainstorms are so life-giving and like Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit seems to show up at those Zoom meetings mm -hmm. and that there's like this back and forth that goes on that like, as far as my writing process, 
And granted, Derek to this date has done more of the writing than I have, but in terms of getting the, getting the outline together and the proposal in terms of that writing process, which happened prior to having an infant in the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, would I have committed to this project knowing what my life looks like now? Maybe not, but it's already been, the contracts already been signed. So, um, but that, that, but the back and forth, um, really has just been such a generative um, process. And um, one of the things that we've talked a lot about with our editor is how when you're co-authoring a book, you still need to find one cohesive voice. And I feel like one of the ways that we have done that is that a lot of the ideas have been maybe not initiated in our brainstorms, but like fleshed out and developed as we've been talking together. And then we can go both, both go off and do something and then come back. And, um, so I don't know, I've just really appreciated that in our process so far and look forward to a lot more of that. Yeah, I would, I would echo that. I think this idea of being able to find one voice, it actually, it actually seems like counterintuitive as a writer because so often you're, you're working so hard to find your own voice. Um, but there actually is a voice that I think that we, along with Sam, have, have developed in this show that is kind of a collective voice. And so kind of getting to like the heart of the things that we want to communicate the heart of the things that we value, the heart of the things that we think need to be heard. And even in the parts where we are sharing our own individual stories, it's still, you know, coming from the perspective of these are the things that we think are, are important for you to know about us individually so that we can get to the place where we're telling sort of this collective collective story. Um, and, and one of the things that I wanted, wanted to go back to, you know, when Anna talked about um, first being presented this idea and saying, you know, are we, the feeling of like not being qualified, like I definitely, when I thought of this story, I was like, okay, when I first started having this conversation, I was like, okay, I'm not qualified to write a book about cooking either. <laughs> like I, I, I am not a chef. I am a very amateur cook and don't even do the majority of the cooking in my own home and uh, to my wife's chagrin. And I, I thought like, this is not a place of expertise that I have. But then I thought, okay, well, what are the expertise that we are bringing to this endeavor? And I thought again about the podcast. The expertise that we have as uh, as co-authors is asking questions. And like, I was like, okay, if I lean into that, I can feel like I do have some sort of expertise in in writing this. And so part of that is that we're going to be asking a lot of questions of a lot of different and interesting people, you know, and in some ways, and, and some of them you're going to get to hear on the podcast. And I'm really excited about that. So like, while we're writing the book, we're also going to be producing episodes of the podcast that are kind of centered around some of the topics of the book and some of the ideas uh, from the book. Um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be kind of a collaborative 
there's going to be, um, you know, it's going to almost be kind of a multi-platform uh, kind of conversation as the book is in development and we're continuing to produce episodes around uh, the subject matter that the book will be touching on. Yeah, which maybe we should tell our listeners a little bit more about that subject matter. I think one of the things that, um, yeah. and I'll just actually before that, I just want to say that I think the expertise piece has been a really good, like, I think we keep pushing back against, I mean, we keep helping each other to push back against that feeling in ourselves because <laughs> we want this book to actually not be for or about chefs. And we've even like, when we brainstorm, we're like, oh, we could have so-and-so come on. And they're like, no, they're a professional chef. That's not what we're going for here. Right. right? But right. that actually that what we want this book to speak to is people cooking in our own kitchens, right? Whether you would consider yourself a cook, whether you do it willingly, whether it is um, a <laughs> joyful experience or a chore, whether it happens once in a blue moon or like three times a day that many of us do have the experience of doing some kind of cooking in our own kitchens. That's certainly not true for everyone. And that's not that, you know, is we, we recognize that that's a, not a privilege everyone has. And I think there is, there is some shared truth for many people about that. And so to be able to think really, um, deeply and broadly about what happens in our kitchens is something that we all have something to offer expertise to offer in that. And yeah. I just feel excited about hearing the story. So I did my first, um, you're going to listeners, you're going to be hearing the episode of this episode that we are currently recording before you hear the episode that I recorded last Saturday, but it recorded one of the first ones of looking particularly at talking about some people's kitchens. And it was an intergenerational dialogue, which you'll get to hear. And it was just amazing. The stories that came forth about how, like what had been passed down from generation to generation, because we had a grandmother, a mother, an adult child who has an infant. So it was just like the things that happened in those three, now four generations of kitchens, there was this very clear thread and it really kind of solidified for me that yes, there are, there are stories in this, like there are going to be stories to be heard and that there's wisdom to be gained from hearing one another's stories and reflecting on our own stories. I think that's part of it too, is reflecting on our own stories and how, have we been formed by the kitchens that, you know, our childhood kitchen, by the kitchens that we have been part of over time and by wherever we are now. So we'll keep reminding each other that it's not about expertise. It's about actually curating conversation and that we hope that that's what the book can be is to absolutely. invite our readers into that conversation. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, one of the things I did tell Derek early on as, as, you know, as a published author, <laughs> uh, one of the things I learned is that you don't get attached to your book titles because they'll probably change. Um, so um, I'm comfortable with sharing with our listeners our working titles because I think it helps to like explain what we're kind of going at, but don't get attached listeners because it very well might change. <laughs> Um, but our, our, uh, working title for the book and for this, these podcast episode series is a just kitchen cooking for the world. We hope to be 
I, what do you want to say? What do you want to say about that? I'm 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 trying really hard not to get attached. I'm trying really hard. Um, it's getting harder all the time. <laughs> and like the more that I I talk to people about the the book and about the project, um, I I'm I'm you know trying to be very zen about it and and like let go of attachments um but i i i think it speaks to uh what we're hoping like what what does a what does a just kitchen what does a just kitchen look like what does it what does it look like to bring our values all of our values a wide range of our values into the kitchens one of the things that derek and i have noticed and a gap or or a a hole we're hoping this book can kind of fill is that there is a lot of conversation and books and things that have been published about the intersection of faith and agriculture. So the growing part of food and like, how does that part of the justice process and how is that part of a spirituality and how is that part of in the particularities of, you know, Christian community. And then there's a fair amount written and experiences about the power of eating food together. So you have like Eucharistic theology, you have dinner churches, you have, you know, there's that, that conversation over on the eating side. Um, but that there's kind of this missing part in the middle about the actual cooking. And it was really interesting. So in, you know, the one interview I've done specifically so far, the guests kept going to the eating part, like, <laughs> whatever especially around faith and making meaning like they kept going to the eating and i kept I, a couple of times said let's just like i just want to like pull us back into the kitchen mm. and it and i think it's just something i'm really fascinated to explore is have we kind of culturally put a premium on like the finished product like i mean like what what are the power dynamics right like what are the power dynamics and the fact that like the thing that is of value, the thing where I can find my spirituality, the thing where like that, you know, if you ask me like, where does food and faith come together? It's like, it's in the consuming of the food and maybe the connections and conversations that happen over that. And it seems like in recent years, at least that maybe there's some more attention on like that the growing of the food is a spiritual practice, like that's being valued. But isn't it interesting that there seems to be maybe a, an opportunity for further reflection about like, how does our faith inform our cooking? And, and also how are we like spiritually fed by that process of cooking? Yeah. Um, and that it's not just the thing that happens in between the carrot being grown and the carrot being consumed. It's actually part of a spiritual practice. It's part of a sacred process. It's, it's something that, can be life-giving. So I feel like part of this work is just looking at that kind of continuum. Of course, we could put a fourth one in, which is the compost afterwards, after you eat it, and then it goes back to the garden. Which, which we are including in this book. Which we are including <laughs> in this book. Um, but to kind of like hang out in the kitchen, which by the way, is like where everyone hangs out in a house, right? So it's like, it is this invitation to really just hang out in that in-between place, in between the growing and the eating. And like, how is God at work in that space? Yeah. And I think the, one of the, the reasons that we've kind of identified as, as to why there is so much less written about 
the kitchen as opposed to what happens in production and what happens in consumption is the power dynamics of who's doing the cooking. And it's one of the things that we're going to be spending a lot of time with is that so often cooking has been something that has been relegated to uh, someone, someone or some group that is on the lower strata of of society and um and even even sometimes um when may not think about it but sometimes even of lower respect within the home i think a lot of i think a lot of what we want to kind of spread some light on is the fact that like kitchens have um in fact uh, chapter one is um uh, again alternative um, is about the kitchen as a holder of history. And I think part of what we want to deal with is this idea that there are some hard histories of, of who has been in the kitchen and for what reasons. Um, and we want to start to tear that apart. And then as we, as we go into chapter two, start to think about reimagining what that might look like. What is that what does it look like for us to think about those dynamics and think about what it means to change those, those dynamics? And I'll, I'll just go ahead and walk through um, sort of just, just to give you sort of a broad overview of, of where we're going. You a taste. Yes. A little taste. <laughs> a taste. Um, and a mousse-bouche, if you will. Yes. Um, but uh, so our, our third chapter uh, is Kitchen's Place of Preparation, um, thinking about pre- preparing, you know, preparing to cook, but also thinking about like, who are we cooking for? And what are the needs of the people we're cooking for? And what are our time constraints? Thinking of the kitchen as a place of interaction, um, interaction with, uh, you know, in our interpersonal relationships, but also interaction with the larger food system, interaction with uh, creation and interaction with what's happening globally, nationally, locally, and interpersonally. Um, thinking of the kitchen as a place of transformation, and I think that's one of the that's one of the big themes of this is that part of part of what's happening is is uh, and and Sam has said this a lot is that you know there's this process by which um, you know again to go back to our carrot the carrot becomes food um, and the kitchen is the place where transformation happens and thinking about how do we how do we transform things particularly how do we transform in a way that doesn't waste how do we transform uh what's in our fridge how do we transform leftovers um and and how do we rethink what abundance might look like kitchen as a place of reflection uh, of you know thinking about what it means for for the chopping and the peeling to be sort of a meditative space and a place where we can so often kitchens are a place of rushing and um, we've got to get food on the table um, and we're really questioning can a kitchen be a place that has some reflection in it uh kitchen is a place of mutuality um the idea of of being hospitable and and thinking about what it means to for particularly for those of us um, in faith communities like who are part of ministries that feed groups of people you know church kitchens community kitchens pantries things of that nature like what does it mean for those to be mutual spaces and not just um 
these uneven power dynamics of serving and, and served. Thinking of the kitchen as a place of community, that actual community can be built in the kitchen. This is the one that my wife pushes back on the most, um, <laughs> mostly because she <laughs> is is constantly like, get out of my kitchen. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I want to I also think of- Well, I feel like this, this is one that's in like, um, I feel like this is the one that is in tension with the kitchen as a place of reflection. Yeah, like exactly, this happens in exactly. our kitchen on a regular basis. I'm like, this is my 20 minutes to myself to like meditate while I make dinner. And then I'm like, what are you doing here talking to me? Like, why do you want? <laughs> so, so I think that that also points to the fact that there's a lot of ideals. In, yes. And, and like, you know, our, our ideals can can break down very quickly. Um, and so, you know, there's there's hopefully throughout this a thread of there being grace for the things that we're, we're not going to do perfectly. Um, but I, as I was I was um, talking through the outline with my wife, uh, that was one where she like I could see her. She like cringed. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty fun to watch. Um, kitchen is a place of healing and thinking about um one healing from broken systems, but also healing from uh, personal traumas and thinking about things like um, body image and things like and and diet culture and thinking about how how in our kitchens we can actually begin to heal from some of those things. Um, and then kitchen is this place of celebration, you know, like that's so many of the the rituals and festivals and things of that nature, you know, there's food involved and what it means to like pass down some of the celebration foods and what does it mean to uh, keep traditions going of festivals and celebrations, particularly as they might be connected to our faith or connected to our our race or ethnicity and those sorts of things. And then we kind of end as we do each podcast with the kitchen as a place of hope um, and thinking of, um, you know, a lot of it is like thinking of the kitchen as the place where we get to the laboratory, where we get to experiment with the world that we want to see um, and, and the world that we want to pass on to our kids. And so, so that's kind of the, that's kind of the scope of the book. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's broad and, and we're, again, it's so much of this is going to be formed around the conversations that we have. Um, And as you were listening, if you heard sort of this outline and said, oh, there's someone that I know someone that Anna and Derek definitely need to talk to. Um, please let us know because we would love to talk to them. We have some, we do have some interviews lined up, but we are in, we are so early in this process that, you know, we would love to have conversations. Folks that you may know who love to cook, who are thoughtful about what happens in their kitchen, who put a lot of value on, on food, um, so we want to, we really want to have those conversations. So, so send them our way. And to remind you too, that like our listeners, that they don't have to be experts. Like this is the other thing is like, we want to actually just, I mean, I would even say like, you don't even have to love to cook to want to be interviewed. Like you might hate cooking. <laughs> and I think that might be an interesting interview too. Um, uh, that, yeah. But, in fact, that right, might be like, an ideal I, interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but both, but, or like maybe you've had an experience of a change in how you interact with cooking, um, you know, that kind of transformation. So we're really interested in, in your stories and um, we're excited to get to share the stories with the podcast community and continue to learn from one another. 
so as as we said as we as we go um forward in the next few months and that includes the next couple episodes of the podcast we'll be having um some some interviews that are are like you'll see that they are directly like impacting the book somewhere we'll be taking bits and pieces we'll actually also be reviewing and revisiting some of our past episodes to think about um some of the content that we've already discussed in um in previous conversations but we're we're just really excited like this is a this is a in some ways it feels like a natural outgrowth of of this podcast of this show of the conversations that we've been having and wanting to have and um you know as as I've explained, and I don't know if you've had this experience, but as I've explained to people what the book is and what this project is, they've gone like, yes, I want that. And we need that. And, um, and, and that's, that's also just kind of really nice to hear, uh, that like people are, are, um, seeing the need, you know, for, for, um, because I, I think, you know, I, I just to kind of, I think the pandemic changed a lot of our relationships to the kitchen. Um, I think the kitchen became a place for some of us. We did, we, you know, particularly at the beginning of the, of the, of the pandemic, you know, a lot of us, uh, myself included, you know, we started baking bread and we started experimenting with other recipes, but then it became such a, such a slog of of getting three meals you know and and in my house you know <laughs> to like between two and six people <laughs> uh, every day and 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 the kitchen became a place where you know like i don't, I don't sometimes we're like i don't want to see the kitchen um and we're gonna talk about that too of like there's a there's a place for that going to a restaurant there's a place for that that pizza order there's a place for that microwave pizza you know i think i think that the the idea that um now's the time now's a good time to rethink our relationship to um what can be one of the most important rooms in our house so i it feels it feels it feels timely um to have some of these conversations Absolutely. And I think it, what gives me excitement and hope is that people seem to want to take the time to reflect on it in a different way. I think that we've, regardless of people's kind of experiences over the pandemic, that there's something that's like changed or that was brought to the forefront. And so it feels like it's a time to step back and go, huh, so what is that about that? Or, you know what, I want to engage this in a different way. Like, there was something about the, you know, for some people, the early pandemic time that like there was suddenly time to bake bread or maybe it's, and is there still time or maybe it's about actually using, you know, whole ingredients rather than picking something up or whatever, whatever those learnings are that while we still, you know, are in this pandemic land much more than any of us want to be, we also are have a little bit of distance from that early pandemic time. And I think it's, it's powerful to pause and to reflect and to say like, what are we wanting to choose going forward? And, and how can we be, be changed by some of those experiences? And then how can we choose to be changed going forward? Um, so 
I know for me that it just working on the book has helped me to reflect on my own experience in ways that um, has already really been life-giving to my experience in my own kitchen. Um, and yeah. I hope that will be the case for others. I think that, um, you know, I think kind of to, to wrap up, you know, um, in the space where we always do, which is hope, you know, I, I, I think both of us have kind of said, like, we want this to be a book that kind of lives in your kitchen. You know, there will be, there will be some recipes, but not so much for, for the recipes. You know, um, I, I don't know that this will be a book that you necessarily come to specifically for the recipes, but in those moments when when you are feeling like the kitchen has become sort of this this space of mindless production for the sake of mindless consumption can this be something that you grab and and read a section and have it snap you back into a place of mindful prayerful, faithful service and reflection um, around whom is being fed, um, what it took to bring the things uh, that are being cooked to your kitchen, what it means for um, the kitchen to be a place where in some ways you connect with all of the larger food systems that we we you know, we, we, again, we, we, as we're seeing, uh, you know, these supply chain issues, as we're seeing these, um, as we're seeing food prices rise, as we're seeing all these sorts of things, you know, we're being forced to be a little bit more cognizant of our place in these food systems. Um, and so I, I, I hope that it, it lives in your kitchen, you know, for, for those moments of, of reflection and those moments of, uh, pause and those moments of um seeking to um get off of the hamster wheel and and to to think a little bit more about the space as sort of a revolutionary space sounds hopeful to me so <laughs> we do if you're praying praying kinds of people we do cover your prayers that we can absolutely write this book and we would love to hear um, if you have ideas of people to interview maybe that's you dear listener and we're looking forward to sharing the conversation so we'll keep you posted thank you for listening to the food and faith podcast our collaborators are wake forest school of divinity plain song farm the garden church and the keep until Editing is by Derek Weston and music by Paul Deemer. Follow along and keep up to date with the podcast on Facebook at Food and Faith Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Food and Faith Pod, or on our website at foodandfaithpodcast.org.